Good morning, everyone. My name is Kevin Lagore, and welcome to another episode of the What's Up webcast. We do this every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. Um, we definitely appreciate you being here, and happy Friday. Um, if you've never joined us before, thanks for being here. Like I said, we do this every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. Uh, these are generally live episodes at the time of their recording. Uh, and of course, like I said, these are recorded. So if there's anything you missed or if you want to go back and check out an episode, um, just go back through the catalog and you can see what we've got. Uh, now, these episodes are really here for educational purposes, something fun to do, and we appreciate everyone being here. Now, it is the first Friday of the month, which means we're checking out what's up in the nighttime sky, or just the sky in general, because there's also cool things to see during the day, which we will uh, cover here. But if you like what we do here, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. If there's anything you want us to cover, or maybe you have a question that I didn't get to, you can email us at support at skywatcherusa.com. Just title it What's Up, so we know it's the What's Up webcast, and we'll be happy to get back to you on any questions or comments that you might have uh, about our webcast. So, it's June. I don't know where the year went, but we're already halfway through 2021 at this point. And with June uh, marks the coming of summer. Uh, of course, June 21st, you have the summer equinox. Um, I believe that's right. I think I might have screwed that up, but don't worry about it. Um, but we do officially start summer this month. So, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up into the nighttime sky as well. So let's first start off with the moon. The moon is the brightest thing in the nighttime sky. And of course, many of us who are interested in deep sky objects like galaxies and nebulas, and we want to take awesome pictures or maybe go to that dark sky site to see something, uh, we kind of want to know when the moon is going to be out of the sky so we can get the darkest skies possible. So. The new moon, or the darkest uh, uh, portion of the month, is June 10th, so coming up next week. Uh, that's going to give you a dark sky weekend of the 12th and the 13th. So, uh, you know, in the next, not next weekend, but the weekend after that, if you're looking to get out to dark sky sites, that is going to be the weekend to plan for. Uh, hopefully you're already planning for it. But... June is an awesome month to start getting out and doing some deep sky observing because of all the cool things that are starting to rise in the sky um, as we transition from the springtime to the summer skies. And then, of course, the full moon, the brightest night of the month, is June 24th. Um, so there you can actually plan your observing around uh, those times. Now, speaking of the full moon... The full moon this month, again, is June 24th, so end of the month. Um, it is known as the Strawberry Moon, and at most moons have a variety of different names. Um, but the uh, this one is known for the ripening of strawberries around North America, generally where it gets its name from. Um, a lot of the Native American tribes across the continent um, kind of refer to it as the Strawberry Moon, but there are other names as well. Whoops. Um, so yeah, June 24th, that is the full moon for the month. 
Now, if you ever want to know uh, where I get all these names from and maybe want to learn the history of full moons and uh, let me see if I can find it uh, real quick. I meant to have this up earlier. Uh, there we go. But if you ever want to know about the full moon and press your friends and stuff like that, I go to almanac.com slash full hyphen moons hyphen names. Um, that's the farmer's almanac right there. Uh, it tells you all the full moons and it's got some cool history of each one and it'll tell you the date and all kinds of cool stuff. So this is a cool website, especially if you're doing astronomy outreach and you want to tell people about the full moons and all of their history and the variety of different names that come with it. Um, this is a great uh, website. This is what I use to plan for the webcast to tell you about the full moon. So um, if you want to come here and learn some stuff about full moons and their names, uh, this is almanac.com. And of course, there's a bajillion ads that pop up on this website. But um, this is a, a really cool website to, to go to if you're looking for full moons and such. So there it is right there, almanac.com. You can go to astronomy, and it'll give you all kinds of stuff um, as well. So kind of a cool website to go to. Go ahead and check that out when you have time. Now, you probably saw there um, a minute ago that I skipped ahead to a slide, and uh, you may have seen solar eclipse. That might surprise some of you, like what is going on? Um, there is indeed a solar eclipse this month. However, there's a caveat on where and when you can see it, just like any other eclipse. But I have seen some media outlets promoting this eclipse. And there is a portion of North America that's going to see it. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about that real quick so you can be in the know. Um, so June 10th is the uh, partial uh, solar eclipse. Um, a partial eclipse is where the moon just kind of glides in front of the sun. It doesn't completely cover it. Um, but you will need solar filters for this type of eclipse. It could be those eclipse glasses. It could be, you know, real full-fledged uh, filters for your telescope. Really, any solar filter will work. Um, if you want to know about solar filters, we did two or three episodes last October um, on the webcast. You can go back and actually take a look at that to see um, all kinds of information about solar filters and how to use them. Um, but any type of solar filter will work. If you've got a hydrogen alpha filter, that might be kind of cool um, to take a look at. But it is a partial eclipse. Now, it is only visible in northern North America, Europe, and Asia. So uh, some of you will be lucky enough to get it. Uh, we won't be able to see it for most of the U.S., but some of our friends up in uh, like the northeast, like Maine, uh, New York, um, I don't know why I'm just telling you this because I literally have the website right here. Um, this is the uh, path right here. So if you are in this orange zone right here, let's just get the 3D map up real quick. There we go. I wonder if you can make, there we go. Let's go full screen. If you are in this area of the world, you should be able to see this eclipse. Uh, this is timeanddate.com. This is a great website for eclipses because it tells you all kinds of stuff. But uh, for North America, uh, this is where you will, you know, 
this is where you'll be able to see it now um, you can the cool thing about time and date is like you saw I can actually click anywhere on the map and it will actually tell you how much eclipse time you're gonna get how much coverage you're gonna get um, all kinds of cool stuff so this is a really nice website to use so uh, Canada's gonna get a big chunk and then you get up into Newfoundland regions and stuff like that um, you'll be able to get uh, something up there but yeah Maine so yeah New Jersey uh, New York Pennsylvania you know all the northern northern area we'll be able to see this eclipse but yeah go to timeanddate.com play around with it you know find where you where you are and check out how much eclipse you're gonna get um, but even as far down as you know the Carolinas right there um, you're gonna get just a little bit um, I believe that's at sunrise too so a little bit might be a cool uh, thing to go do if you're gonna be out on the coast and you want to watch you know sunrise um, might be kind of a cool thing to, to check out um, get a picture of the uh, partial eclipse uh, you can during sunrise so something to think about um, but that is coming up on June 10th uh, is when you'll be able to see that and again if you want to know uh, what it's going to look like for your area, uh, timeanddate.com. Um, then you can go, they have tons of stuff on eclipses, and, um, but they've got these really nice uh, models that you can use. So uh, really, really neat stuff uh, there. So uh, check it out. And that's the eclipse. So good luck to any of you who are going to see it. We expect pictures. Uh, do share them. If you shot them with a Skywatcher uh, and you post them on social media, tag us on there with a hashtag or the little at symbol. Um, and then maybe we can share it on our social media platforms as well. But we do expect to see some cool stuff out there. So we encourage pictures. So that's it for the eclipse. Uh, good luck for all those who are going to get it. Planets. Planets right now are kind of sparse um, in the evening. Um, right now, Mercury is still out there. I'm going to pull up our star map here real quick. Uh, this program is called Stellarium. If you're not familiar with it, I'm sure many of you are. It's a really nice freeware. Uh, you can download. You can do telescope control with it. Um, all kinds of stuff. But it's it's a pretty nice program for being a freeware. And you can kind of mess around and see how the planetarium uh, programs work. Um, but I've been pretty impressed with it. Um, so we just use it because it's readily available. And it's easy to use. Uh, so, right now, in the western part of the sky, just after dumb trees in the way. Of course, even in a software, the dumb tree is in the way. Can you believe it? Um, you have to digitally hack that out of there. So, um, let me go ahead and find. Mercury is not in an ideal position right now for viewing. It's very low. Um, it's so low, in fact, that it doesn't even come up visually. There it is right there. So Mercury right now is about halfway between Venus and the Sun right now. It is making its way back down towards the Sun. Uh, Venus never comes up, I'm sorry, Mercury never comes up very high. Um, you could probably get it, a better view of it during the day if you have a mount that's really accurately aligned and it can find it. You can get a good view of that. If you want to image it during the day, I recommend like an IR pass filter to block out all the crazy glare um, and help the light come through. But Mercury is always going to be a challenge. It's always going to be small. 
So if you're trying to get it in the evening, you're you have a very limited window uh, to catch it. So we're we're kind of losing mercury. It was only here for a little bit, and now it's making its way uh, out. So as the evening progresses, I mean, right after sunset, mercury is following suit uh, to setting as well. However, um, and that so that's that's mercury for you right there. However, there is Venus. Venus, we are actually getting more uh, of it. It's starting to rise higher into the sky. So here is Venus right now. That's, uh, this is for the second. There we go. There's the fourth. Now, as the month progresses, why on this? As the month progresses, you can see Venus is going to start rising higher and higher into Gemini. Um, we do get kind of a conjunction um, with a razor thin crescent moon and Venus. This is on the 11th of, of June. So it might be a cool photo op. These are just over, right, or maybe just over three degrees from each other. So it's not a super close conjunction. But if you've got a telephoto lens, like a 200 or 300 millimeter, you should be able to catch these together. So it might make for a cool photo op if you can catch them. Um, again, this is on the 11th, just after sunset in the west. So kind of a cool object or little uh, collection of objects to see. Um, and as you can see, the 12th, uh, the moon is rising higher into Gemini. and It's far enough away from Venus where it's not really a thing. But I guess if you had a wide enough lens, you could... Still get a cool thing of that, but um, continuing on, we do see as we move into the end of the month, uh, Venus is getting higher and higher into the sky. Um, it will, it should be becoming, it's the, technically the evening star right now, but it'll become much more apparent as it rises higher that you'll probably get friends asking, what's that weird thing in the Western sky? Is it a UFO? No, it's the planet Venus, um, but it'll be coming that big bright blazing object um, after the sun goes down as we go further into the month of June. So uh, that is the planet Venus right there. Let me backtrack to today. There we go. Um, so that's it for Stellarium for right now. So that's Venus. Go ahead, check it out. Big bright thing, can't miss it. It still doesn't have much going on for it right now, but still something cool to see. Mars. Mars is still hanging out up in the evening sky as well. It's sitting a little bit higher. It's not dark enough in there. Uh, there it is. It's actually not, it's, it's just inside of Gemini um, at this point. So Mars is still out there. We still occasionally get emails of people writing in saying, I looked through my telescope at Mars and the view wasn't very good. I think there's something wrong with my telescope. No, your telescope is fine. Mars is just not in an ideal position right now to view. It is, it's been moving away from us since the end of last year. Um, it's just not in an ideal position. You can try to look at it. It's gonna look like a little red ball, which is kind of cool to show your friends. It's still neat to see, but if you're looking for detail on the planet, it is just not in an ideal position uh, any longer to really get that detail. You might be able to see some stuff, um, but because of how small the planet's going to appear, um, even at high magnification, you'd be lucky to get like dark detail on the planet 
but it is far from ideal much nowhere near what it used to be at the end or fall of last year when it was at its closest approach so if you're looking for a good view of mars you're honestly going to have to wait until next year 2022 to to get a good view of mars because it's it's just not in a good spot anymore so your telescope's fine it's just mars is not in a good spot anymore so it's we're losing that um by the end of the month uh mars is gonna be i guess there's a cool photo op if you want uh right there again on the 11th oh the 13th i'm sorry you can get a crescent nice little crescent moon and mars hanging out there another photo op if you want to try for it a little be a little bit darker maybe you can get a longer exposure and get that earth shine on the moon there kind of cool photo op so that's on the 13th maybe just after eight o'clock that would be ideal to go out and hit that maybe with like a 100 to 400 zoom lens 200 300 millimeter optic you know maybe get a good shot of that so uh cool little pairing right there but as you can see as we approach the end of june and moving into july probably by the end of july mars will be gone out of the sky um, until 2022 um, at this point so it's going to go hang out by the sun and we just won't be able to see it so but mars is not in an ideal position um, but it's still there it's still a cool planet if you're looking to share a cool view with people why not point it out it's a planet but that's pretty much it for our evening sky of planets so you know, we will start to get some of the brighter, like Jupiter and Saturn, um, will start to make their way back probably as we approach the fall. Um, normally the webcast, I normally just try to work this for before midnight um, viewing. You know, maybe you just got home from work, you want to show your family some stuff. Probably going to be done before midnight, roughly. So that's what the webcasts are really aimed for, is that sunset to midnight time frame-ish. So... But that's it for the planets. There's just not a lot going on right now with planets. There's some cool ones out there, but it just, you don't have the, the big ones. The sun. I say the same thing about the sun every month. Um, I actually don't even change the slides because um, it's the same thing. The activity on the sun is increasing. Uh, it is slow. Um, but the thing about the sun is I can't make a dedicated slide for it because it's always changing. Every minute it's changing. It's super dynamic, which is really cool uh, in comparison to most objects in the night sky, which are very static. Uh, they don't change all that often. You know, you look at the Orion Nebula and it's the same thing it looked like last year. Um, while cool and we appreciate all of that, it's just, it's the same thing. However, the sun, is a very dynamic uh, object so rather than sit here and try to keep things up to date um, you can go to this website this is uh, I just google uh, gong g-o-n-g h-alpha into google and it takes me right to the site NSO uh, National Solar Observatory this is uh, seven different solar telescopes across the world using hydrogen alpha filters that are giving you live up-to-date images of what's going on in the Sun this is what I like to use to see if it's worth lugging out all the solar uh, telescopes to take a look. So let's take a look at what the sun looks like right now. There's a actually a decent prom, big prominence hanging out over there. We still have some sunspots and active regions. 
there's one over there. Um, another region down here. And then of course we have a, another set of proms, a little bit of filament uh, right here. So it, you know, the fact that there's a, a sunspot over there might be worth taking out and taking a look at it this weekend if you need something to do. Uh, this sunspot's probably almost done with its transition across the disc, uh, but there's some activity going on up there. So it's, it's definitely worth taking a look at. This is a great website to go to because it's going to keep you up to date on what's going on. Here's a higher resolution shot, but this is about eight hours old since Australia is at night right now. Um, but you can see there's a fair amount of detail up on the sun right now. It's definitely worth taking a look at. If you've got a hydrogen alpha filter, you'd be able to see all the prominences. Um, if you just have a white light filter, then you're just going to be looking at sunspots. So something cool to see. Um, but the sun is ever-changing. It's a great object to observe, especially now as the activity starts to ramp up over the next couple years. Um, it's a cool object to image as well as sketch. Um, I have a lot of friends who enjoy sketching. And the nice thing about sketching is it trains your eye to really look for the fine, subtle details in an object. Um, and there's something about it that a lot of people tend to like. I haven't done it myself, um, but... From those I have talked to who do or have done it before, um, it's really helped their observing as well because you're really taking your time to look. Uh, what I find a lot, especially as someone who does outreach for the public, you know, you have people come up, you look through the eyepiece, wow, that's really neat. Five minutes later, you're gone. Um, but if you actually take your time to look and observe and enjoy what you're looking at, you can actually start to see kind of subtle details and stuff. And that's kind of where sketching is kind of a cool thing to do. Um, so the sun is a fun one to do because there's lots of detail inside of there um, that you can check out. So if you want to know what's going on in the sun, maybe you don't have time to just run out there and assume everything's going, there's something cool to see. Uh, Google Gong, G-O-N-G, H-Alpha, and it'll take you to this page. And then you can see what's going on without having to lug all your gear out um, at first. I know that's my problem. My stuff is never set up when something cool happens. Um, go figure. So this is what I'll check to see if there's something cool going on. So hopefully that helps you. Meteor showers. Um, it's June, which means there is nothing going on meteor showers it's just um june doesn't have any major meteor showers in it at all there you might catch some shooting stars here and there but there's just nothing going on for meteor showers now we are approaching august where you get the perseid meteor showers which is the biggest one of the year and we'll talk about that here as we get into august of course um i think july's got some stuff but yeah june nothing so that's that's kind of it for meteor showers, unfortunately. So um, comets. Um, I didn't originally put comets in here, but then I had some people asking about it. Oh, whoops, fast. Um, comets are ever changing as well. So I like to go to this website, cometchasing.skyhound.com, and it lists all the currently visible comets. Now. When you're on this website or you're looking for comets, it's going to say there's a lot of different visible comets. However, you want to see how faint we're talking about. Um, so this is the list of everything. 
and then you come down here and it'll give you a breakdown of all the listed comets um, and it's going to tell you how dim it is so right now we want to have one in Buddhas um, magnitude 10.5 so within reach of like an 8 or 10 inch telescope and probably 6 inch as well um, go to the finder chart which is really kind of neat uh, it's going to pull this this is a really great website for uh, locating comets when it wants to load correctly there we go so this is where it's going to be it's not far it's like around Virgo um, area but this is going to be the path of that comet so if you want to find C2020 T2 Palomar um, and your telescope it's probably going to be more of an imaging target um, if you want it's probably not going to be a striking comet um, right now but something to see uh, let's see what the notes say okay so it's not going to get much brighter than 10.5 which means it's not going to be a very bright comet at all you will need a telescope to see this um, a decent telescope probably at least a six inch i do it in a four or five inch if you know what you're looking for that's probably just going to look like a little fuzzy so um that one's okay for the northern hemisphere um 2020 j1 Usually they, they label it to from best to, you know, easiest to hardest is how they generally do it. So um, T2 Palomar, that's an evening comet. Um, 7P, uh, it's a morning comet. And you want to pay attention to the latitudes here because it's not going to be visible in all latitudes. Like you can see this one, if you're really north, you're not going to get it at all. Uh, 40 degrees, you'll be able to see it. But this one is 11.8 magnitude, which is even fainter, obviously, than 10.5. So at 11.8 magnitude, you're probably going to want about an 8-inch telescope or so to catch it. Um, dark skies will always help. Um, and it's in, saying it's in Sculptor. And yeah, so this one's going to be kind of in the south part of the sky. So depending, that's why it's going to be harder to see in northern latitudes because it's 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 near Aquarius, Capricorn, um, and it's moving further south as the month goes on. So this one, you could try it for fun, but this one will be a little bit of a challenge to catch um, as well. These And... You know, as we go on, you know, you're looking at almost 13th magnitude, almost 14th magnitude, 16th magnitude. You know, you're getting really faint uh, at that point. So there's not any major comets for the northern hemisphere right now. Now, if you're in the southern hemisphere, there's a bunch of other stuff in here that you can go check out too. But for the northern hemisphere, there's just not a lot of major comets um, that we're going to see. Um, this one right here, though, looks interesting. C2017 K2 Panstars. Um, it's saying it pre predicted to reach maximum brightness of 6.5. That's just inside uh, visual. Usually uh, the limiting magnitude for the human eye in a dark sky is 7. So if you're at 6.5, um, this one you might want to keep an eye on. That one looks kind of interesting as we get into January 2023. I know that's a ways out, but just... That would be one that I would keep an eye out for. Looks interesting. But this is changing all the time. So it's it's 
worth definitely checking out if you can. So that's the comments for June. There's just not a lot going on right now. But where there is stuff going on is Deep Sky. Uh, we're in the transition time. I was out last night kind of prepping for this evening, and June's kind of weird. Um, I usually go to the Grand Canyon Star Party in June, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And June's kind of a weird month because in the early evening, you still have all the spring objects are still up. You still have Leo, Virgo, uh, Coma Berenices, all those big galaxy regions are still visible. But as the evening gets later, we transition into the night, uh, into the, the summer objects. So June's kind of strange because it, it gets... It's not strange, it's actually kind of cool because if you're really into deep sky observing, you've got a big plate of galaxies to work with in the early evening, and then you transition to a lot of that eye candy stuff later in the evening as the summer summer skies rise and all those big constellations like uh, Sagittarius, and Scorpio, and Hercules, and Cygnus, and all of them rise, and then you can, of course, get the Milky Way coming up. So... Uh, June normally marks uh, the serious start of Milky Way season. Um, I know there's a lot of nightscape photographers that say, yay, it's Milky Way season. Well, the winter is Milky Way season too. It just depends on what part of the Milky Way you want to look at. In the summertime, 